here we go here we go what's up everybody another wonderful episode here at essential entrepreneurship we're going to open it up today just an open conversation with me and alex just doing a you know a little mastermind around sales sales is the topic of today it's massively crucial to understand sales even if you're not in sales it's communication at its finest everything's a sale so they Look, say, right? When, when the robots take over, when the robots take over absolutely everything and all your jobs are gone, there's going to be one, one niche and one market that's still open and it's yours for the taking, which is being able to sell. If you can sell, you'll never go broke a day in your life. So yeah, let, let, let's bust it open, Enrique. Let's bust it open, man. I think a lot of people get scared by the thing sales. I think sales, as we all know, it's got a negative connotation, but I think a lot of people don't do it because they're, they just don't want to do it. Like it brings out a particular person. First off, I like salespeople for the most part. They typically have tougher skin. Typically they're more into like self-improvement and they like to learn for the most part. I don't like the salespeople. I don't like to learn those guys are dickheads. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. It's um, it's one of those things, man, where like no, nobody likes a pushy douchebaggy salesperson, right? But like if you've got the chops and you know how to truly help people on these calls, like you're you're changing your life and you're changing their lives. And it's that reciprocity that just kind of circulates. And you yeah. can walk away day. I, I don't know about you, man, but I walk away at the end of the day feeling better knowing that I help someone generate some passive income, acquire a business or, you know, scale or grow their marketing agency, you know? Well, I do too. And you know why? It's because we're really good at detaching ourselves away from the sale. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. And for the listeners, what I mean by that is like when you detach yourself from the outcome of the sale, it just becomes a conversation of, can I even help the person sitting across from me? Yeah. Then once you know you can help, okay, cool. Now you know what to do from there. But detaching yourself away from the sale is going to relieve a lot of pressure from yourself. And then when you're under pressure, you're just not performing the same way. We all a absolutely. I, I think you hit something big there, Enrique. It's like if you're going into the sale, like I got to close, I got to close. You're putting a lot of scarcity uh, on yourself, right? And you're not leaving room to attract any abundance in, into your life, right? So like if you go in really hunting for the sale, you're never going to get it. Yeah, and... Another thing too, like this is something that we're noticing with like our sales rep and the coaches that we coach for their sales is self-inflicted pressure is going to just set you back so far because it's never just like a one-step process. Like self-inflicted pressure in sales, it's always complex because there's multiple levels to it. What I mean is let's break it down real quick. So self-inflicted pressure, it's so easy to have pressure on yourself when you're in a sales call because you're probably commissionally paid 100% comms you get paid on your performance now if you're not closing well like one loss leads to another and leads to another well you're gonna have some self-pressure right it's like fuck I gotta start closing some deals here then what you're really doing is you're putting more pressure on yourself and then you're going into these calls with that pressure but you're not looking forward to these calls because you have that pressure you're hating life, life dude you're fucked you're hating life. it's why sales is like the highest turnover in, in any industry Yes. And it takes the fun rate out of it. And if you're not enjoying having a conversation, you're not focusing on the things that you should be focusing, which means you're not listening as close as you should be, which means you're missing the things that you should be clarifying and probing on, which means this snowballs all throughout the conversation. And by the time the end of the call comes, you yet again, don't close the deal. And it just adds to that cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Not to mention when you go and update your percentages right your crm or whatever and you see that you haven't closed the last five six seven deals 
How's that gonna make you feel? Not very good. <laughs> fucking hating life. Yeah, and then you start absolutely. contemplating everything. Do I want to do sales? I suck at this. Like, what's happening? It, well, okay, all right. So, so let me ask you this, right? Somebody wants to get better at sales. What, what do they do, Enrique? What do they do? Well, first of all, you look inward. First step. Usually, it's you fucking up. Um, if it's not you fucking up, and you know, let's break it down a little bit more by that. It's it's you fucking up. All right. You fucking up. It's you fucking up in a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the first things that, and again, this is why I call it a vicious cycle, right? Because one of the first things that closers do when they're on a dry spell or a bad cycle is they start changing things in their process way too soon. You don't want to do this for a few different reasons. One of the most important reasons you don't want to change things in your sales process because you're not closing is because you don't have enough data behind it. Maybe it's just a bad week for you. Maybe, honestly, it could be marketing, but you have to look at the data, look at yourself, see if you didn't make any changes. If you didn't make any changes in your process, and you could put your hand on your heart and on the Bible and say, I've done everything the exact same in all these calls, and I'm still not closing deals, then you can kind of look at other factors that maybe are out of your control, like marketing. But it goes back to my point, like look inwards first, like take that extreme accountability and ownership and see, review your calls. Absolutely. You know, you're fucking up because there's, there's something there that can be improved on no matter how good you are. Yeah. For the young men out there too, like look, look at sales, like kind of meeting women, right? It's the same skill set. You got to be able to hold a conversation. You got to be able to communicate, right? And if you don't know how to position yourself for value and really align that status, with who you're talking to, it's just like going up to a chick that you find attractive. Like you'll never be able to take that chick home because there's no confidence. There's no certainty. There's no conviction in the way that you're speaking. So I would say like, you know, it doesn't matter what the fuck you're talking about. If there's confidence, certainty, and conviction, you can make that shit sound sexy. Hey, Enrique, the other day there, there was this elephant and it was outside walking next to a fucking monkey. And that monkey, it jumped off of a bridge and it started flying. And bro, I was taken away. How much certainty and conviction was in that? A lot. So it doesn't matter what the fuck you're saying. I mean, it does to an extent, but like words, who, who was it that said it, Enrique? Like words are only a small percentage of it. Yes, it really, guys, it's it's not like what you say, it's just how you say it, right? Like there's so many different ways of selling and there's so many different ways to get the same outcome um, in a sales process. It just doesn't matter. It's like, find what works for you, right? It, well, all it matters is like the outcome that you get in a sale or in that part of the process, because it's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's your intention going in and then the outcome that you want. That's really what it comes down to. So yeah, like when it comes to dating, if you don't have conviction, she's going to feel that because women have a hyper sense, a sixth, seventh, I think they call it seventh sense or sixth sense. I don't know. Sixth sense, right? Yeah. Women have a sixth sense when it comes to feeling vibes. They can oh, feel 100%, 100%. Well, us and human beings in general, right? Like, I don't, I don't know how woo we want to get here, but we all have this like electromagnetic sphere. It's how you can walk into a room and know somebody's like good or be like, yo, that's really foul energy. And for women, that's like super fucking heightened, right? You know, mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's very important. I always call it emotional acuity. Like to be able to have that emotional acuity to determine like, you know, what's good, what's bad. So when you're on these calls, you can figure out how to really pivot that. You got to be willing and able to, you know, sense energy. And I think that's a really big part about it. I agree. And what do you do specifically? Like when you're not closing good, let's say you get in a dry spell. That's, that's a great question. I have to go back and I have to look at the drawing board and I have to say, okay, cool. 
Was I having a fucked up day? Did I not sleep right? Was I stressed out? Like, again, like you said, it's looking inwardly. Like, what are the internal circumstances that that radiated externally, you know? And that generally will dictate whether or not I feel like even getting on calls, you know? So like your, your environmental circumstances really play a factor in how you show up in the world. And if you're not optimizing that, you think you're just gonna get on these calls and close at a hundred fucking percent, it's not gonna happen. How are you showing up and what are you doing to prepare to show up 100% yourself? It's funny, I get into like an, like I've gotten arguments in the past with like, you know, various relationships. And it's like, look, you're tainting my ability to show up 100% in the world. Like, what can we do to fix this? You know, so like what, and I would say it goes back to circle of influence. Who are the five people you're surrounding yourself with that play a contributing factor to the way you feel, think, and act? Yeah, that's crucial. It's crucial in every single aspect, especially the ones that are going to always go back to you in, in terms of like your emotions, because you're always we're emotional beings at our core. And like when it comes to sales, it's really important to separate your emotions from the outcome of the sale and also your personal emotions from like your business or your working like environment. And what I mean by that is like it's so easy to get emotional when you don't close a deal, or when you have a bad week or when you have a bad month take the emotion out of it because again, this was where we look inward at our processes and the things that we're doing. It's the first place you always look because we want to see if we made any changes. Cause really like when you guys have a sales process down, think of it like a McDonald's. We've all been at McDonald's. You know, when you go in, you hear all the buzzers, the timers chiming off and everything. Why do they have a timer for everything? It's because they've measured how they want the fries made specifically at a certain time. So it comes out a certain way. Same things with the patties and the buns. Everything there is measured. My point is your sales process should be like a McDonald's where every time you go in, no matter if there's a fucking meteor strike that killed the dinosaurs, that's coming back with a vengeance for us this time, no matter what's going on in your personal life, if your wife left you or your dog died or you lost somebody that you love, no matter what's going on in your external life, when you go to work or you go in your sales process, nothing changes. You go back into the McDonald's operations. That's the point that we need to get to when it comes to sales, specifically because it's like a science experiment, guys. We want to make sure that we can control the environment because we have a hypothesis coming in that's closing the deal. We want to see if we can control all the factors that we can or as many as we can because we can't control the prospect. Well, we can't control ourselves and what we say in the frames that we put them at. 100%. And that's why I say be like a McDonald's where you yeah. can have your operations and your process down so sternly that no matter what's going on in your personal life or business, when you hop on a sales call, all else goes away. Create a fucking character. All right. And what I mean by that is create an alter ego because like if, if you go into these calls and you borrow your prospects and limiting beliefs, it's going to fuck you up. It's really going to fuck you up. Like I always say prospects are emotional terrorists because they always have a reason why something's not working in their life. I got on a call with the other day with some guy and he's like, that's bad. That's terrible. Like, and if you look at Robert Kiyosaki, he's a billionaire in debt. So it's like just a, a difference in beliefs and a difference in mindsets. And if you let these prospects come in and bulldoze you with their, their limiting beliefs and emotional fucking toxicity, it's going to play a factor. You may start to, you may start to believe and borrow some of those mindsets. Like, oh my God, the economy actually is bad. Like, no, fuck that. Create an emotional character, protect yourself. And, and like, 
take these emotional terrorists and just fucking bulldoze them. All right. You got something like to help them shift their mindset on these calls. That's why you're showing up and you're truly helping them. You're truly helping them kind of, kind of see the world from a different lens. And that's really controlling the frame. Let's talk about that. Controlling the frame. Absolutely. Like it, it's such a broad topic, but when you hear controlling the frame, what does that mean to you? What, what that means to me is pulling them into your world. Because again, they've got a limiting mindset and a limiting belief that you've got to reframe, right? Turn it around on them and let them see a different perspective, right? So like it, it goes back to frame control, being able to control because there's like there's a frame battle going on and only one frame will win. So those who have the strongest frame are going to be the ones that win on that call. So think about the frame as like a window of perspective that your prospects see in the call. That's why the power of positioning is so important. The way that you start a call, the way that you position it sets the frame for how the prospect sees that call. Any conversation that you have, the way that you open that conversation up, it sets the frame for the way people are going to perceive that conversation. I don't know. What about you, Enrique? Yeah. Well, I, I want to attach that for a second and use it in terms of dating. Because what I found is like dating and sales, they're very comparative, especially when you're teaching something like a lesson from it. They just go hand in hand because it's just so relatable. So speaking of like framing or pre-frames, gentlemen, let's say you're on a date and it's a first date, right? If you, I don't know, you observe something. Let's say she says something and, and you want to pre-frame her or give her a label, if you will, that she's going to identify too, which helps you. Here's an example, right? Because it's one of those things I just got to give you an example. Let's say she's talking about her and her friends going out and she seems like she's like the good one of the bunch. You know, not like the thought or the Cardi B you know, she's, she's the good frame one. on your ass right now that she's a good girl. She ain't bad. She's so, so let's say, yeah, let's say you want to put her in like the good girl frame, right? Like you want to give her like a kudos, you know, and like a good label. It's essentially a positive label. So you could say something like, you know, it seems like, like you're the good girl of the bunch. Like the one that, I don't know, it's the one that you could rely on for being loyal. Is that right? What's she going to say? No, that's wrong. I'm a thought. I'm disloyal. Right. But you set kind of like that standard in a way where it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am that. Right. And then you put her kind of like that pre-frame because you gave her that positive label. And how is she going to act now? She's probably going to act like that kind of girl, you know, until you find out more. So that's just like a simple example of kind of like a, a positive label. Absolutely. And I, I identity frames are great too. Like being able to put them in an identity frame. And I use this on calls all the time. Are you the type of person that's a, or are you the type of person that's B? And so like, let's take women, for example, because a lot of our, our listeners are, you know, are pr pretty, pretty relatively in their young twenties. Right. So they're trying to figure out how to pick up women. They're trying to figure out how to, you know, so it's like, are you the type of girl that's adventurous? Are you the type of a girl that likes to have a good time? Either one of those puts them in an identity frame to give them that deniable plausibility to, to kind of break out of their box. And that's essentially what it is. Like that's identity frames are so important because they're going to make it personal to them. And then in doing so, you're going to build rapport and you're having a great conversation. It's just fluid. It's right? sales like, and relationships, man. Sales and dating. Sales they literally and go dating. hand in hand. Yes. You know, there's something powerful called mirrors and labels. You know what that is, Alex. But for the people who don't know what it is out of listening a mirror is a question that we ask 
that's usually based on the last three or four things of what they said in the sentence to you. So Alex, just pretend we're on a date. Give me a, just a quick sentence I can mirror off of. Man, baby, that beard is just so well-groomed. You must be Italian. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny you say that. Do, do you find Italian men attractive? Oh yeah, Italian men, they've got really big cocks. <laughs> it sounds like you like to have a good time. I, I love to have a great time. Yeah, you seem like you're a, a wild. All right, now you're seducing me, man. Getting <laughs> hard over here. All right, like, let's yeah, break it yeah. down. Let's, let's, <laughs> all right, break down the psychology of that. Hey, hey man, you, you took psychology. the first step. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> break down the psychology of that. So, so he he gave me the compliment, handsome beard, and Italian or something, and then I gave him the mirror question. Um, what was it? Do you like Italian men? Is that what I said? Yep. Something like that. I took one word from the last three or four what he said and I put into a question. It's a mirror. I gave it right back to him. What does that do? It gives him a subject to open up about. So that opens a conversation because when you give someone a subject to talk about, what are they going to do? They're going to talk about it, especially if it's a positive subject because they're awesome. identifying with it. Okay. That's so awesome. what do you say after that? He said like, oh, what would you say after that, man? Big dicks. Italian men have big dicks. I, I'm half Italian, all right? I'm advocating for the paisanos out there, all right? He said big dicks. And I said, uh, you seem like you like to have a good time. That's exactly. a label question. Identity free, yes. It's, yep, it's the same same intention, right? You seem like, you're, like you like to have a good time. She's identifying with that. And as a response, she says, oh, yeah, you bet, or whatever he said. Then from there, I gave her another label. You seem like you're a wild card. I take it one level deeper. Yeah. Look, look, gentlemen, listening out there, all right? You've got to start to see the correlation between sales and, and being smooth with it. Being smooth with being able to convey your words in a way and being able to ask the right questions. And I think that's where a lot of men fuck up, Enrique, is they just don't know how to have a conversation with a beautiful girl in the first place, you know? It's like, what do I say to them? How do I, I mean, I remember when I picked up my, my fiance here, the first thing I said to her, right? And I don't recommend doing this, all right? For everyone at home was, are you a stripper? That was the pickup. Hey, you know what? And it was so outside of the box. And it was like, because what's happening is when you're approaching these women and you're like, hey, you're so beautiful. Oh my God, can I take you out? Like, you're saying the same shit that they've heard a thousand times over and over and over again. So how are you going to be unique? How are you going to be different? How are you going to break outside that box of association where like you're categorized in the same fucking sims that have been hitting on her over and over and over again? Mm -hmm. And you know, what's funny, like you brought that up, like most guys are scared to approach like an attractive woman. It's because they're focusing on the wrong intention and outcome. Just like a sales process, guys, it comes down to intention and outcome. Every question you ask, what's the intention for asking that question? What is the outcome that you want that they're going to tell you? And you're going to take that and move forward, right? It's same thing with dating. Throw my pen around. Same thing with dating. There. Ah, I love this shit. <laughs> same thing with dating where it's like, if you are nervous because you think she's super hot and yeah, you want to fuck her or whatever, like, of course you're going to be nervous. But if you change the, if you just trick yourself, lie to yourself at first, just so you get over it and just say, I just want to get to know her or she seems cool. Or maybe she's got a friend that I like, that I will like, like just change the paradigm a little bit, lie to yourself just to have the conversation break the ice. But if you go in like, Oh my God, she's hot. Like that porn star I watched last night your anxiety is going to go through the roof and that's what absolutely most well, well yeah look at the frame that you're putting yourself in too it's like it's it's a needy type of energy like you, like nobody hates a fucking needy man 
All right. No, I mean, nobody likes a needy man. That's the intention going nobody in. Nobody likes a fucking needy, especially women. Nobody like same thing with sales. If you're needy, you're losing the sale. If you're needy, you're trying to pick up a woman. She's not taking you home. You're not taking her home. Yes. Gentlemen, it's all about your intention going in. Cause that's going to set the vibes that you give off. Just yeah. like a sales call, just have a conversation be normal, see what's going to happen. And that's it. If she gives you the first IOI indicator of interest, cool. Keep it, keep it going. But just if you're having struggles with dating or, or approaching women at first, just make sure, ask yourself, are you going in with the right intention? Like, obviously you want to hook up with her. Sure. Every guy does. I'm not saying that, but it, it just trick yourself at first. I just want to have a conversation. If I can have a two minute conversation with her and be cool. Great. That's a win for me. Cause there's so many girls out there. You don't have to get a home run with every single one. Cause it's not going to happen anyway. It's like sales play the numbers game. Like sales, numbers game. for every hundred people that you reach out to, how many are going to book a call of the ones that book a call, how many are actually going to show and of the ones that show how many you're going to close. Same thing. It's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Mathematics yeah. is a language. And you know what? It is. And like when I said intention outcome earlier, I want to break that down because it, when you first hear it, it just doesn't sound like English intention outcome what i mean by intention is like the reason why you're asking something or the reason why you're doing something you're doing it for a reason because you want a specific outcome then you look at the outcome side of it and say what's the outcome that you want from doing that thing the intention so if you're dating or if you're in sales no matter what you ask or what you say what is the intention outcome behind it if you're in a sales process is the question that you're asking ultimately going to serve you in the end or is it just taking up call time and you didn't really need it right? Like look at the intention, the outcome of that sale. When you review a call, was it worth it or was it not? If it wasn't worth it, what could you have asked instead that would have been better? That would have served you or the conversation or that would have brought out the pain point better. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I mean by intention outcome, guys. When when you reflect on any conversations, dating or sales, just reflect on what it was that you said or asked and what the outcome that you got from the person and see if it actually helped you at all. If it didn't help you, obviously toss it away and learn from it and see like, what could I have said a little bit differently? Or what could I have done a, a little bit differently to her to kind of turn around a little bit more so I could have possibly hooked up with her that night? You know, could I have kissed her neck or sucked on her ear or whatever? Some well, guy- I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a hint limb here, right? And that's actually why I left over there for a second. One of the best books I've ever read, not even on sales, on life, The Toltec, all right? The Four Agreements, The Toltec, written by... Um, who read this? Don Miguel Ruiz, right? And it talks about these four principles, how we create our own heaven and hell on earth, right? And these four principles that really do make sense because we're kind of like creating our own hell internally when it comes to women, when it comes to dating, when it comes to life, when it comes to careers, right? So the four principles, be impeccable with your word, always mean what you say, right? Don't assume, don't take anything seriously, right? And always show up your best. And if you do those four things, you're going to create heaven on earth. But let's talk about don't assume for a second, because sometimes, like, sometimes we do this shit all the time. We assume things that don't exist. And now we're creating this future that has nothing to do with the present based off of our past, right? We've got emotions and fear from the past that we're feeling in the present that we manifest in the future. And we're like, this isn't going to happen, or that's not going to happen, right? And that's literally causing hell on earth. It's in this book, guys, the four agreements, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything serious. Never assume and always show up your best. If you do those four things, you're creating heaven on earth. 
read it. Pick up a fucking book. Knowledge is power. Yeah, that's powerful. It's so true. I, I was trying to think of a quote that I came across the other day. It was about like hell on earth. It was like, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it was something like the only hell that exists is the one that we create inside of ourselves. It was something like that. It's so true. It's so true. I want to, I'm conflicted at the moment. I want to talk about dating and I want to talk about sales, but I want to take it. Let's, let's take a, um, let's take a detour. Let's, let's, take, a detour. take a right. Let's take a right. Yeah. We're, we're pulling the e-break. We're doing a Paul Walker shit. Look, let's talk about, let's talk about presentation with dating. Love it. Okay, this is this is crucial because there's a lot of guys out there who either don't know better or just don't try better. But like, gentlemen, physical looks, hygiene. Oof. What are you doing? I walk out. I was at the mall the other day. I was looking for a jacket, a Zara. Like Zara's got decent stuff, European size. You know, you feel nice and snug. It was like a hundred dollar jacket. I see this guy. He's got a fucking mullet. Like mullets are no <laughs> mullets are coming back now. Like why? You know, I'll tell you why because. Morgan Whalen, the country singer, women like mullets, women like him. And now the guys that want to get laid by those same women are growing a mullet to get laid. It's like, dude, that's so pathetic. Those right? are trends, man. It, it's, yeah, but you know what? It all comes around the guy trying to get laid. So he replicates a shitty ass haircut, right? The I, only person who can rock a mullet is the comedian Theo Vaughn. That's the only, <laughs> guy, only guy that gets them the mullet. Except, oh, and Joe Dirt, of course. Yeah. But just little shit like that, guys. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Dang. Fashion hygiene is important. Most people don't brush their teeth twice a fucking day. Oh my god! Sometimes I brush my teeth three times a day. It depends. That's just me though, right? Um, body odor. One thing I love, gentlemen, is Manscape. You familiar with that, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. Great company, guys. If you don't, if you don't have any products of theirs, go to their website. They got this box. <clears throat> it's like a hundred bucks. It comes with like a beard trimmer with different blades. You come with a, a like a nail grooming kit. You come up with a ball deodorant um, and different deodorants for your feet too. But my point is, guys, are you are you grooming your balls? Are you deodorizing your balls? You no, know, I, I got I got to say this. Look, look, open air. Look, I don't really I don't really groom my balls, man. Like I like I like the whole caveman thing, but like my beard, like you know, like because my thing is, don't get me wrong. Like if that shit is like out of whack, you got to trim, guys. But like. Like nothing is worse to me than looking down, looking like feeling like a little boy because I got no fucking hair on my ball sack. Like, you know? Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Like women love, women love little hair. You gotta be a man. You got <laughs> you gotta got have some hair. I mean, like by no means I'm not saying go go bare smooth like Brazilian wax. Like, no, be a fucking man, get some hair. Women love wax the ball sack. Believe me, like women love some fucking hair. But what I'm saying is like deodorant wise, like put some ball deodorant. Yeah, no, you cannot have BO. That's that's a no-no. That that's definitely a no-no. I would say, I would say this, man, like hygiene is really important, but can we talk style for a second? Yeah. All right. Let's talk style for a second. I'm a big proponent of suits, gentlemen. All right. Suits for the last several hundred years, there's something that continues to never go out of style. And there's always some kind of subconscious neural association with the suit and success that really trigger a woman's mind. They see a man in a suit. That's why they're instantly attracted because they're like, wow, who is this guy? With a nice watch, you guys got to accessorize. And here's, here's the kicker. Do not wear a suit without a nice 
pocket square. You need the pocket square. It's all about the details, gentlemen. You need a pocket square, the ultimate accessory. And I guarantee you, the way that people look at you, they're not fuck, fuck women for a second. The way that you're treated in general by the public, just by wearing a suit, like it's next level. You feel this, you, you feel this sense of power. It's kind of weird, like almost like you're putting on a cape, right? So like, I would recommend everyone out there, you don't know what to wear, wear a fucking suit. You're a gentleman act like it conduct yourself yeah you know what it comes down to with with guys like us Alex it goes down to a personal standard that we live by that we enjoy right and it's like if you if you feel like you can have like that higher standard that higher level of yourself like a great low barrier entry low hanging fruit guys is your fashion feel better work out feel better fashion next step like just dress up better you're gonna feel better you feel more confident you feel more successful even if you're not successful dress right. successful you'll feel it goes, goes to peacock theory right what does the male peacock do in the wild cuts his feathers flashes its feathers it's a colorful display of fucking fireworks right it's peacock theory right so i i even field tested this right i got a bunch of glittery fucking suit jackets all right because i said okay well what looks great suits and then also glitter, let me peacock. And I would field test this all the time. Let me tell you, the open rate on it was incredible. Just like sales, the open rate by me peacocking instantly went up, I'd say about 80%. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I think it's time to, uh, I, I need another suit, actually. I've been dying to get another suit. Yeah. I love the whole process of it's going to sound so gay. I love shopping for myself, though. Dude, Gosh. look, 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 man. If, if you're a true fucking man, you better love shopping. I love shopping, too. Like, there's nothing homosexual about shopping. Can I, can I say that on the air? Homosexual, is that unpolitically correct? I don't care. Sorry. It's fucking gay to not go shop, all right? <laughs> Whatever. Come after me. I don't care. Bring it. We're not even big enough to get canceled, so we'll say whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, man, a great watch goes a long way. If you can't afford a great watch, Ralph Christensen, man, this is actually Ralph Christensen right here. Here, let me let me let me turn the let me turn the screen here. Mm. Like that nice, beautiful watch, not expensive at all, right? Like it. Not, not expensive at all, right? Under a thousand dollars. Like you guys can really accessorize. Now, don't get me wrong, I like the APs. I like the Rolexes. I have two of them. All right. But you don't need that shit. All right. You really, really don't. Money, muscles, and game. I talked about this on a previous episode. Money, muscles, game. You got style. You got you got language patterns. You like, you don't really need the money component. Eventually you do. You can't be broke in your 30s, but like fuck, you got to start somewhere. And when it comes down to like what we're talking about, like let's just boil it down for a second. We're just being straight up resourceful, right? Like we're talking in terms of like maybe just the average person in their 20s is not having a lot of money, right? Like what we just covered in the last five minutes comes down to that hygiene. It's fucking low, no money really to, to stay clean and look good. Fashion, you can look good and wear decent clothes without spending a lot of money. There's H&M, there's Marshalls, Burlington Coal Factory, like get creative, watches you can buy a lot of nice watches for sub one thousand dollars for sub five hundred dollars there's fossil there's tisset or tissot there's sin like those are good watches like you can dress nice if you're resourceful enough and you can communicate well to get better game with women if you learn the right skills like it it's all just comes down to resourcefulness 100 really 100 I mean, you guys, like, it's not about resources. It's sitting all around you. Tony Robbins said it best. It's not about resources, it's about resourcefulness. 
You guys are sitting around all these fucking resources. You got me and Enrique here. Look, I'm going to advocate. If you want to get better with your sales skills, you want to get better picking up women, dating, reach out to us. Send us a DM. We're happy to help. We've actually got a mastermind group we're setting up right now to help, you know, young entrepreneurs really be able to align their status and really, you know, come off and have that conviction and certainty, right? So like, send us a DM. We're happy to help you guys. Like it, it gives us self-satisfaction to know that we're helping young gentlemen like you become pussy slayers. Yeah. That's really kind of why we dedicated the whole show. It's not to just become pussy slayers. Cause that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, to, to like, we talked about a couple episodes ago. It's like, get your health right first thing well we will say this to the end of fucking time get your health right hit the gym or work out at home it doesn't matter right then get your money right like start getting resourceful making some money you feel better as a man for yourself and you're making money or you're at least creating the skill sets that will make you money right like get the skills guys especially if you're in your fucking 20s now's the time where you go balls to the wall develop every fucking skill you can I would say start off at sales and then look for something in the online space, right? Like there's marketing, copywriting, like that, that's a great point. Look, look, three of the highest paying skill sets in for the next foreseeable future. Enrique just said it. Sales, marketing, copywriting. Now become a master at one. But if you learn those three things, you'll never go broke a day in your life. Someone paid me eight grand to write a fucking email. To write an email. Why? Because that email is going to make them probably $800,000, right? 10X or what is that? 100X? Yeah, 100X on that. Why? Because copywriting is the ability to sell in written form. If you know those three skill sets, you'll never go broke a day in your life. Yeah, and honestly, we would hire you. <laughs> you would get a job from us. 100%. Because it's crucial. It's yeah. absolutely crucial. And those are like the guys, you can learn how to do that shit for like very low money. Like very low money. Oh, there's a YouTube rabbit hole too, guys. Fucking, you want to you want to make ten grand next month? I'll tell you how to do it. Go YouTube how to fucking run a Facebook ad campaign and go find yourself four dentist clients for you know four grand a piece. Well, better yet, fucking follow us. Follow me on Instagram at essential. Hey, I love that. Follow me on Instagram at essential underscore Enrique Alex. Go ahead, throw it out there. Suave Olave, baby. At Suave Olave. Just rolls right off the tongue. You handsome devil, you. There you go. Hey. <laughs> but um, seriously, gentlemen, look, you got to get your shit together because no one is going to care. No one is going to help you. You got to be willing to help yourself. And if you don't, you're shit out of luck. You're going to be pushed to the back of the line. You know, it's like really, I we talked about this on a, on a previous episode, increase your sexual market value. It doesn't happen overnight, but start with some skill sets, change your style, change your hygiene. Like, look, you absolutely can be a high class value male. It's not what's in your bank account. It's how you conduct yourself and how you feel. Yeah. And honestly, if you want to feel good too, get a fresh haircut. If you haven't had a haircut or maybe you want a new hairstyle, just get a little, get a little. Style. Dude, Psycho Cybernetics, another great book. If you're not reading, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. It, it, it goes into like how our self-worth is really tied to our identity. Hmm. Something as simple as a haircut can make us feel like a brand new person because identity is neurologically associated with how we feel. It's direct, it's direct implication. I fucking love when i get a haircut man when i get my fresh fade i'm like ooh, <laughs> who's that guy <sighs> i'm like full-blown Derek zoolander there you go i'm stealing that <laughs> <laughs>
yeah it's so but, true like, like like if like get a fucking haircut or get a beard trim or fucking deodorize your balls go to the fucking jc penny like low low hanging fruit low hanging fruit but more important like get the skill sets we, we were always going to talk about that and we're going to get to we're going to talk about that till you get fucking sick of it because that's how accurate it is and that's how true it should be but <clears throat> let's transition here because we're talking about a lot of good shit i want to cover one good topic and then we'll hop off so that's kind of like that 30 yeah, 40 yeah, absolutely for, for sure you got any you got anything you want to throw at them i mean look guys I, I would say it goes back to like how are you optimizing yourself to you know, really make a change. Look, if I were to tell you guys five years ago, I was homeless living in a tent, you wouldn't fucking believe me. Homeless, living in a tent, desert heat in Mexico, struggling professional fighter, right? Didn't really have a dime to my name. Fast forward five years later, a couple multi-million dollar businesses, like, like the shit's possible guys. Like, like, like I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but a fucking homeless man can do it. Like, why can't you? Another thing too is like if you listen to the show, I think you know at this point like you you're capable of doing much more because you're obviously trying to surround yourself or listen to people who are doing that's the very same thing. So it's like you you have like this you have the beginning skill set of like looking inwards and taking that ownership and accountability. Now it's like that next step is like are you taking the steps to actually get the skills, or are you taking the next steps to actually be resourceful? Or are you taking the next steps to actually break the ice with women, like implementation, essentially? Right. right. Well, because yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we can talk and talk all about this, and you can listen and listen all you want. But if you're not going to implement this shit, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, at so all. Check this out. Check this out. I did this right, transitioning out of the tent. This was one of the very first exercises that I did. I read a book called Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graciosi. I will always reference books, guys, because that's where the cheat codes that that you know that's where these cheat codes lie. That was the book that got me started too. That is, yeah, that actually let's one guys, if you're in your twenties or late teens, or you're thinking about entrepreneurship or you want to be inspired or whatever, read that book, Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graziosi. That was the one that fired a fucking fuel in me, dude. That was a great book. It really, and you know what? Like a lot of people would say like, oh my God, Millionaire Success Habits, that's all bullshit. Literally that book made me a millionaire. I kid you the fuck not. That book put- over seven figures in my bank account. Now, that being said, one of the exercises that Dean talks about is doing like a little T-chart. Now, if you're listening, you're not gonna be able to see the visuals, but if you're watching, you can see. On the left side, right? Draw a line like a cross, draw down the middle. On the left side, things I must eliminate in the next 30 days. On the right side, things I must attract in the next 30 days. Write it all out, categorize. What's holding you back? Is it your circle of influences? Is it, is it certain behavior patterns? Is it certain thoughts that you're having? What are the things you must eliminate? What are the things that you must attract? And if you don't know, write the things you must eliminate first. It's going to tell you what you need to attract. And the things that you must attract become your affirmations. This is going to be exponential for your growth. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. Because if you don't, you don't know really what you're working for. So you got to be able to reverse engineer to find a North Star in the first place. Explain, explain affirmations if they don't know what it is. Affirmations. You're, you're literally projecting out into the universe what it is that you want to attract and who you are. So like, it felt so weird doing this, man. At the first, at, at first doing this, it felt so weird. But 
I started saying my affirmations and who I wanted to become. I am abundance. I am prosperity. I'm a manifester. I am greatness. I am. I'm generating $100 million a month or a million dollars a month, a million cash collected. I'm generating massive amounts of reciprocity, massive amounts of cash flow. I now command my subconscious mind to give me the human, the strength, the brevity, the creativity, the certainty, the swag. I embody before I start the day who it is that I want to become. Now, when I started doing this, guys, I had zero dollars in my bank account. And just fast forward a couple of weeks later after that defining moment, about 37 grand from a couple of closes and a coaching program. I think that's where I met you, right? It was with Yash and, uh, Yash and uh, the whole manifest entrepreneur movement, right? And um, it really helped me align with who I wanted to become. I knew what I was working for. I knew why I was doing what I was doing. And like, there's this thing to be said about subconsciously programming yourself before you start the day and reminding yourself of who it is that you want to be when you show up in the world create a character and play that character yeah i would say step one get that book that book's awesome and it's super cheap too and when it comes to like affirmations hell when when leg day comes on friday and i gotta suffer through that shit (laughs) you better believe i i i don't know how many times i say it but i say i'm the fucking man that's why i tell myself i'm the fucking man when i'm doing my, my weighted lunges with a 60 pound barbell on my shoulders, like a slave on the railroad. I'm like, I'm the fucking man. And I I do that. I do weighted lunges Yeah, for about an hour. I do that shit and it sucks, but I do it because it's just a discipline. I don't do it because I care about the size of my legs. I do it because I know like how good I'm going to feel once I finally fucking suffered through that pain. Well, I mean, I also want to talk about something very important. And now maybe you're feeling the way that you're feeling for three reasons, right? The thoughts that are going through your head, right? The beliefs you have around them. But one of the biggest ones that I learned from Tony Robbins, which was physiology. Just changing your physiology has a direct implication on how you're feeling. What's the difference between fuck me and fuck you? What's the difference, Enrique? Uh, One sounds positive, one sounds negative. Two inches. Fuck me. Fuck you. (laughs) It's true. Try it. Try If you're out there, all right? If you're out there listening, Enrique, do this with me. Put your head down, right? And kind of down. Low posture. Fuck me. Let's fuck me. How do you feel? I I don't I feel very negative, condescending. Right. Stick your fucking chest out. That's fuck you. Right? Lift your head up. Stick your chest out. That's fuck you. The difference between fuck me and fuck you is two inches. That's the power of physiology. And that was the posture exercise for you guys listening. Basically, what he did was he was hunchback, like real low, like if he had his tail between his legs, like cowardly. And like you just, it's true. You feel that energy. I read that in his book too before. So I'm so glad you brought that up. You feel the energy with your posture. Like you don't feel as, as strong, as bold, as courageous. Then when you go posture up, regular posture, you just feel a little bit different. You get that Superman prouding in your chest. You know, that's where that nobility and that honor comes from. <laughs> and you know, it's crazy. People will literally anchor themselves in physiology. I was on a call with one of my clients and um, you know, I'm trying to help him get better at sales. And I noticed as he was taking these calls and we were role-playing, his physiology started to started, like he started to hunch over and his head would lower. Right. And I was like, pause, where's your physiology? And he'd be like, oh shit. I'd be like, fix your posture again. All right, how do you feel? And we continue to go into role-playing and he'd start to do it again and again and again. But it was massive awareness for him that, holy shit, I'm really anchoring myself in physiology. So here's what I would say to those out there. Anchor yourself in physiology, but in a positive way. 
You can do certain things, right? Certain, certain movements with your hands, certain ways that you communicate and express your body that you anchor yourself in that physiology to really boost your, boost your mood and boost your confidence. And does this work with dating, Alex? Works with dating 100%. Just look how much more persuasive that you are when you talk with your hands. So much more persuasive versus keeping your hands in your pockets, your postures down. You're conveying like you're not a confident person, but yeah. like chest out, head up. I'm talking, I'm communicating with my hands. I'm, I'm like so much more, I'm a, I'm a better ball of energy to be around. And, that, and that's, that's expanding outwardly. You're being able, yeah. you're able to attract more. It's like alpha versus beta, right? It's like one's too timid, right? And women don't like a timid guy for the most part. They don't like it. It oh. kind of makes their skin crawl. What they like is a guy that's just cool, nonchalant, maybe got some swag, maybe he just makes them laugh, right? Like just be yourself and have good posture, of course, right? They don't want to be dating. They don't want to be seen in public next to the uh, the hunchback in Notre Dame. They want to be seen in public next to Alex Olave. <laughs> Suave Olave, right? No, Olave, baby. Uh, no look, look I, I, I would say this, right? Look. For, for the gentleman out there, right? Just th there's all these self-help mechanisms. Uh, oh, I can't even talk. Self-help mechanisms out there, right? It goes back to being resourceful. There's tons of books you can read. I'll recommend you a couple right now. The Toltec, The Four Agreements, Neil Strauss, who wrote The Game, right? That's for dating. And then Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graciosi. Couple those three over the next 30 days, read those and then drop us a comment back. How has your life changed? I guarantee you guarantee you your life is going to change exponentially only if you apply the principles implementation that's it i think we should wrap it right there man that was a lot that's good. Yeah, that was that was a great uh that was great beautiful great. man yeah, absolutely yeah, TikTok that, is gonna yeah. that shit up you, know, you, guys, <laughs> you guys better be following us so follow me on instagram at essential underscore enrique and alex at suave olave baby yep all righty guys we're out of here we'll see you in the next one